0: Choosing to embrace that which I've inherited, and also to relinquish that which I've inherited.
1: Welcome to the Healer Dealer Podcast. This is an invitation to expand and empower your own gifts through conversations with the modern mystics, healers, and visionaries of our time. The only way to heal ourselves is to deal with it. I'm your Healer Dealer, Diana Zalucki, and I am so excited to share with you my conversation with Diana Rose Harper. Diana is invested in the power of asking better, deeper questions towards a more ferociously loving and compassionately honest state of being by blending a disinterest and dis- Functional hierarchies with delight in the process of healing. She aims to guide others towards an expansively re enchanted relationship with existence. She does this work through astrology, tarot, energy work, writing, teaching, and mentorship. And you can follow her on social media at DD Messina. Um, I'll do a link in the show notes because I think I totally just botched it up, but it's, I'll do a sh- link in the show notes. I just love this conversation. The best way I can summarize my conversation with Diana Rose uh, is. Um, I feel like she is a poetic scientist. I think I literally call her that in this episode too. Um, she has these amazing prompts that she ser- shares on social media. Um, she's so freaking brilliant um, and so thoughtful, and her way of questioning things and prompting what it feels like everything she says is like a journal prompt <laughs> is so inspiring. And I just think she is somebody that is somebody to follow, somebody to watch, you can learn from and also feel safe and held um, and loved in the process of expanding your own deep well of self-knowledge and healing and exploration. So I hope you enjoy this episode and, um, make sure to follow her on Instagram and please screen grab your favorite, um, takeaway. Well, actually screen grab the episode and let us know and tag us on Instagram, your favorite takeaway. Um, you know, love, love, love hearing what you guys get from these episodes. All right. Take care and enjoy the show. Cheers. Are you looking for kind, compassionate and mindful medicine? I am so excited to share with you about SourcePoint Wellness. SourcePoint Wellness is an integrative healing oasis located in Los Angeles that combines Chinese functional and spiritual medicine along with a bit of magic. Dr. Amanda and her team of experts offer virtual healing services to anybody in the world, including integrative telemedicine, herbal medicine, distance acupuncture and Reiki, goddess acupuncture, Akashic readings, chakra balancing, healing energy work, EFT, and customized breathwork. Literally everything and anything you need to be fully supported, mind, body, and spirit, Dr. Amanda and her team at SourcePoint Wellness has got you covered. Follow them on Instagram at SourcePoint Wellness or email Dr. Amanda directly at drcohen at sourcepointwellness.com. I'm super excited to have you on the Healer Dealer podcast. I have a quick question for you because you are a Diana as well, the most magical name ever. Does it mm, I don't want to say irritate but annoy you when somebody calls you Diane? Oh my gosh. Yes, it does. It feels and like it's one meals of these
0: on things. It's it's one of these things where like when I was little, when I was like five, I would get like pissed when people called me Diane. Um, And these days, I'm, like, less, like, pissed about it, but I'm just, like, I don't know. There's just something about how, um, and, like, no offense to any Dianes out there, but there's just something about when you're used to hearing it, like, end with a down, like, Diana. Like, there's Diane, it just, like, there's a, there's a, there's, like, a little... I don't know, maybe this is also cuz I'm from the Midwest. People will sometimes say it like Diane.
1: Mhm. I don't know if you find this too, but like in Ugh. every other language it's Diana, right? Yeah. And it's funny cuz if I am meeting anybody that speaks another language, I'll always it say Diana because if I say Diana, then it immediately gets short to Diane, like, you know, Um, but I was always curious that it's something that has always bothered the shit out of me. I'm like, it's Diana. It is a goddess. It's like, how do you not know? Did you not read mythology when you were a child? How do you not know about mythology? And if not, the Princess of Wales.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Like, so that's actually been my tactic whenever, um, you know, especially if somebody needs to write my name down, I'll be like, Diana, like the former Princess of Wales. And that clicks it for people to not call me Diane because, she is so clearly Diana, Princess
1: of Wales. Yeah, and again, no offense to any Dianes that may be listening. Maybe you feel the same if somebody calls you Diana, but um, it just—it's nice to say my own name to you. I'm like, wow, this is a great name, Diana. That's me too. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you also find that there are like such a there's such
0: a small number of us that whenever you like meet another Diana, there's kind of a like, you better be cool. Like, because if you're not cool, I don't know if you deserve this name. Yeah,
1: you also better be doing some sort of magic in some sort of way to, like, really embody, you know, um, embody this energetic. I don't know if you find this, too, that we'll, we can move on beyond our names. But, like, um, I've gotten, I don't want to say discussions, but I feel defensive when someone's like, oh, not Diana, Artemis. And I'm like, it's still Diana. <laughs>
0: It's, they were actually distinct deities in the ancient world, and, like, even though they share a lot of commonalities and it was handy for empire to syncretize them, they were distinct deities.
1: <laughs> so what does the name Diana mean to you?
0: Well, so I actually asked my mom about this at one point, of uh, you know, like, why she named me Diana, and... Um, And it was explicitly for like the goddess Um, and for like that's definitely influenced like how I think about my name too is just there's something about independence um, and like the concept of virginity not in the sense of chastity at all but in the sense of like complete unto oneself right like not Requiring marriage in order to fulfill one's destiny, essentially, is kind of what virginity means. And when we think about the virgin goddesses, you know, we think like Athena and we think obviously Diana, like Artemis, Minerva. Um, And there's also like Vesta or Hestia, um, where, and like I really love that one too, but we won't, we can't, you know, I will resist the tangent there. Um, But yeah, there's something about the um, untamability that goes along with um, like goddesses that are associated with parts of the natural world that are literally untamable. So, um, you know, yeah, there's been a lot of devastation of wild places, um, but the moon so far we haven't, <laughs> you know, that's a frontier that we haven't smushed Um and that wildness I think is something that um, feels really important to keep safe I guess Um, and I had this wonderful um, Akashic Records reading with Leah Garza Smith um, in the fall of last year oh my god it's been almost a year that's wild Um, and one of the things that came through in that was just like, oh yeah, your name is definitely like your name. Like you have that name for a reason. It's not just like a random, you know, whatever. Um, And something that came through in that reading too is this sense of like movement, like movement forward. um, Or even if it feels like you're, you know, moving in a loop, like there's still a movement forward. And, you know, with hunting, with um, the moon, with Um, Also, the themes of the cycle of life that come through uh, with a goddess like Diana. um, That all resonates very much where, you know, it's like acknowledging that in order to survive, you have to move. um, And that that movement might be over terrain you've traversed before, but you're still moving.
1: I love that. I really, really resonate with... um... You know your explanation of virginity as far as like not needing the partnership to feel whole and to be able to move forward um that's definitely something i know in this lifetime i've come in to like reclaim my independence so then when i'm in partnership i've already explored the inner marriage within myself you know um so i really appreciate that and it's interesting because it's also so humbling when we work with these different archetypes and energies and um, to have the namesake of the goddess, Diana. It's really fascinating because definitely during this year, I've seen how she has been an ally in how she presents herself to me. And right now, it's definitely for uh, focus. You know, mm-hmm. um, I it's interesting because it's like I'd say for a majority Of my adult life, I was, like, super in Divine Masculine, make shit happen, hustle for it, like, you know, justice for those, you know, like, this is the right thing, this is, like, so in that. And then, you know, falling into the polarity of that, which Divine Feminine, and I've been really swimming in that space and nonlinear and creative and this feels good and this is where I'm guided and da-da-da-da, but I'm definitely you know, in the space now of calling her back in, okay, so how can we focus? How can we structure around this divine feminine energetic in order so she can be of service more, like to channel that focus? So it's just really very humbling how that shifts. So I love, you know, it's actually really fun. I didn't think we would start off talking about her name but uh, and the goddess, but it's really... I. I'm really delighted by that. Um, So thank you. I... Okay, there's so much I want to dive into, and I feel like I could get into the vortex with you. I can already tell (laughs) Like, I like how we, like, start, you know. Um, Something I'm really... I I think is a superpower of yours. I know you have um, multi-layers of healing that you've integrated. So you cover everything from astrology to tarot to Reiki to body work, um, you know. And something I've really like you've been in my radar for a while now and it's so funny because I definitely spirit definitely guides me to like you know who is next and I'm really trying with this podcast not to like record so far in advance I'm like hey your episode's gonna drop in six months you know Um, and it's fascinating because I was thinking about you and then I was like like there was something you posted on Instagram I noticed it and then like you posted something else and it was just like ding 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 they were like you must have her on now <laughs> um and so i'm just super excited to dive in with you so it's so funny because i definitely again you know calling in the 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 focused structure diana element um yeah. normally i'm like i never write shit down i just channel and ask what feels good and da da, da da but right before we just got on i was like okay how can we be best of service to those that are listening Mm -hmm. And I would love to explore, um, you know, the things I'm going to bring up. I'd love to explore your interpretation of them and also how that can relate to the healing work you do. Mm -hmm. Um, and something I love about this podcast that I'm super passionate about is providing tools for the audience. You know, it's, uh, you know, we're our own best healers, right? And it's like, everybody's got something that they may like. So somebody listening to you may connect with your work and be like, she is my person. Like, that is the person i meant to work with and get their golden nugget for Tool to try on. Okay, tangent ramble. Hello, like non-linear. <laughs> Um, so there's a couple things you've posted. And what I'd love to do is kind of like a little game. Like I have more questions later. But I kind of want to I want to read back to you some of these really powerful posts that you did. And have you elaborate on that? How does that sound? That sounds fine. That sounds okay. Great. I so, always have more to say. I, you're like, <laughs> I oh, what actually, can allow me. <laughs> you're like, the captions are really cutting me off here. Excuse mm-hmm. me. Um, okay, so I picked four of them that like really like stuck out to me as like really important nuggets of wisdom for our listeners, for the collective to really try on and, and dive deep into. Okay, so let's go. Dun, dun, dun. So everybody, these are... By Diana Rose. You can follow her on Instagram. We'll do links in the show notes, but these are some amazing prompts she's shared, and I wanna have her elaborate on it. Okay, so one that really, really I think is so important is this is all by Diana Rose words. Okay. You can't care about everything. What does that mean to you? Yeah. So um, this is. A-
0: it's kind of a summation of something that, or like a, like a distillation, I guess, of an idea that I've, um, been navigating for a huge amount of my life, um, where I think for those of us who are really oriented to wanting to help the world in some way and to solve, um, or at least help to solve, like, the really big problems that we're facing, um, it's easy to get absolutely overwhelmed with how many things need helping and how many things need support. Um, you know, for example, I, um, I'm someone who was raised with relative environmentalism, um, and, you know, going on nature hikes and, you know, sending money to like the Sierra club and like all of that kind of thing, camping a lot really appreciating the great outdoors and that kind of thing um and i get really i can get really 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 um activated i guess by ecological concerns um some of the most big feelings that i've felt pass through my body um are the ones that are concerned with the decimation of the global ecosystem. Um, And even within that, there are so many different things to care about, right? Like there's um, the preservation of as wild as possible places so that wildlife can continue to exist with limited interference from human activity or from um, non-collaborative human activity would maybe be one way of putting it. uh, there's reduction of uh, greenhouse gas emissions, and there's a whole bunch of different ways to consider that. Um, there's <clears throat> the concerns around uh, pesticide and herbicide use in agriculture. There's um, what kind of agriculture is uh, supported or um, encouraged by governmental. Uh, you know, subsidies and by market pressure. Um, There's um, animal agriculture and what kind of animal agriculture, animal agriculture, excuse me, happens at what scales? Um, You know, there's recycling programs and whether or not recycling actually happens. Um, There's uh, public transit and whether or not public transit is environmentally friendly there's you know so you know this is just an example of like you know you can care about the environment and then there's a like an infinite list of things to care about within that but if you care about the environment you also care about human rights and you care about anti-racism work and you care about reproductive rights and you care about indigenous sovereignty and you care about um I don't know. Uh misogyny. <laughs> um and you care about immigration rights and you you know like there's just a constant endless list of things that you can care about. Um but humans are finite our lives are finite our energy is finite our um you know our energetic resources and unless you're like massively wealthy your financial resources honestly if you're financially like really extremely wealthy there's a low chance that you're going to care about a lot of the things on this list just because of how cognitive changes happen with an increase like like i'm talking extreme wealth not like comfortably living but like extreme wealth changes your brain um So if all of these things are finite, then you can get despairing about the fact that you're not going to be able to address everything, that you're not going to be able to help everything that matters, or you can recognize that that limit is a gift and focus, like we were just talking about, you know, Diana as a huntress, focusing, um, being able to be absolutely present. That's a key part of the hunting process. Um, Choose something. That you really care about maybe three things that you really care about Um, and not three big things three small things smaller things that you can actually influence in some way that you can contribute to in a significant way there's uh, like I think it was Yumi Sakagawa put like had a post recently about like depth of attention um and like depth of learning like depth of process Um, and the same thing can happen with these things that are available to care about um, where you could send a dollar to 10 different organizations or you could send $10 to one organization and your $10 to the one organization is going to have a greater impact than your single dollar to 10 organizations so in you can you know whatever your budget is, like extrapolate from there. Um, same thing with time, right? Like how much time you can put into things is literally limited. We have 24 hours in a day, seven days in a week. And, you know, maybe if we're lucky 90 years on the planet.
1: And then there's the whole discussion of, do we really even have a 24 hour day anymore? It's like, actually, we're living within the confines energetically of a 12-hour day, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like we also, you know,
0: we have to sleep.
1: Well, let me ask you this, because this is something, you know, I have to check myself with often, right? Especially with, like, social media, for example, right? You know, I'm, during this whole pandemic, I've asked myself, like, you know, okay, Diana, what are you actually taking action on to move things forward to build future, instead of, you know, like sharing every single thing that is happening. And I'm not saying anything against that. I'm saying, I I think it's interesting, you know, to hear, okay, you can't care about everything. So I think, and this has crossed my mind, and I know it's definitely crossed many others. Oh, I spoke out about this. So if I don't speak out about this, 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 and this, I'll be looked at as if I don't give a shit about those things. So I think this is such a good reminder and super important right now to, you know, really come back to the center of what you're talking about. Talking about um, anchoring in what is the thing you're going to go all in on and really be consistent with that. Um, you know, so it's like like something I don't feel in alignment with is like, for me personally, is you know like sharing every single legal thing, and this is bad how and this person said this now, and da 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 da. I'm I'm interested and very curious with the polarity of everything, and then you know choosing how can I be supportive for those that are experiencing trauma around the current state of the world, who are waking up to their own intuitive abilities who are looking to connect with others. Um, So I just really love that you shared that, and I think it's super important. And it's interesting, and I love that you talked about environmentalism connected with um, anti-racism. That's something I talked about, um, you know, in a few episodes, uh, like, uh, earlier this summer about intersectional um, environmentalism, and it's like, no shit. Humans, we're animals. We are part of the environment you know, being anti-racist is also being environmental. Like, it's so interconnected. So for me personally, that was something that, like, I felt like, permit, oh, this is all in one. And I don't have to say, mm-hmm. oh, I'm anti-racist and this is over here and I care about the environment and I'm da, 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 da. it's like, it's all interconnected. Um, So I just really love that you share that. So my question for you is, you know, um, okay, so we can't care about everything, but so what is the thing you personally care about most right now? Oh, I mean, I would say
0: the thing that I've been brought into work on lately um, is the dismantling of hyperproductivity, right? So it's like a specific. It's a specific facet of capitalism and exploitation and colonialism and imperialism, right? Like thinking about how these things work together. It's also an environmentalist thing, right? Where um, uh, I was, uh, this was last year, I think? It was the year year before. Time is weird. Um, I read Robin Wall Kilmerer's um, Braiding Sweetgrass and... In that book, she shares an anecdote about the harvesting of wild rice. Um, and there's like a little story in there of like a, a white man who goes wild rice harvesting with some indigenous people. Um, and the white man is astounded that they are like wasting, wasting, quote unquote, so much rice because they aren't harvesting like every single stock absolutely clean. And they're allowing a lot of the rice to fall into the water. Um And from a like maximizing profits immediately standpoint, that's wasteful from a understanding that you need to have a give and take in relationship with the environment that is, you know, feeding the other things that eat. Wild rice and letting there be enough wild rice left that it automatically self sows itself in the next year. Like that's part of the process of reciprocity, um, and it's part of the process of not trying to get everything you can, like every last drop out of something. Um, and so for myself, like on an internal, in an internal way, like I've been placed into a position of being required to rest, where like I've been getting. You know, like my body is like, no, you need to rest. And my ancestors are like, oh, no, you need to rest. And even the earth, whenever I do my earth-based meditations, she's like, can you stop worrying about me? Because you need to rest.
1: (laughs) I love this because this ties in to the next thing that you shared that I loved, which is rest is required. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you this. As far as I'd love you to elaborate on what rest really means. Because I think sometimes everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people can associate rest with like lazy day on the couch, watching Netflix. Like what does rest look like for you? And why is it more important now than ever that we fully embody um, rest and take it as seriously like as a requirement for ourselves?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So rest for me um, has looked like really reducing how many clients I see. Um, So like for the month of September, which is when we're recording this podcast, I have exactly six days um, that I am seeing clients and the rest of the time I'm not, I'm not seeing clients, I'm just choosing to do uh, things like record podcasts or, um, you know, have conversations with people about plans, maybe, but a lot of it has been Listening to what my body needs. And so if my body wants to be horizontal, I'm horizontal. If My body wants to be on the floor. If my body wants to foam roll, if my body wants to take a nap for three hours in the middle of the day. um, It's also looked like um, understanding what foods are harder on my body. And not eating those foods, like giving my body that rest of not having to process things that it doesn't really want to process, um, as well as increasing nutrient density um, and like mineralization, (laughs) essentially, like giving my body the tools that it needs to do some rebuilding work. Um, It also looks like taking like whole days where I'm not on technology at all, Um, you know, like no laptop, like checking my phone for, you know, just be like, is anybody calling me five times in a row? Like, that kind of thing. Um, But otherwise, like, reading paper books or, um, you know, hanging out with my plants or my cat.
1: (laughs) Oh, you have a cat? I should invite you to the Crystal Cat Club. It's like... (laughs) It's a... Oh, my gosh. Now I I totally, like, came out of the closet. Cats are
0: master resters, right? They are. Like, like, they're just the
1: most magical, like... Hello, little familiar little Lucy, my little like fay little pixie kitty just like came up talking to you. like she's like, "I can sense Diana's an elemental. I will come <laughs> also, one
0: key thing, one really, really key thing around rest, um, and like I am still working through this. like part of the process of rest is releasing the guilt around resting because, um, the guilt will make it harder to actually fully relax. And full relaxation, like as full as possible, is like one of the most healing things that you can do. And I know a lot of people, like especially if you have trauma histories, it can be really challenging to relax because if you relax, it makes you vulnerable. And if you relax, it also, um, like a full relaxation means actually experiencing some of the feelings and remembering some of the memories that you've been, laboring very hard to keep under wraps. (laughs) Um, So part of resting is processing the things that have prevented you from resting. Um, And it's so important. It's just, it's so important. And part of why I think it's important and part of why I think it's important in this moment, like in this moment in time when we're seeing a lot of um, different kinds of collapse and change and potentiality and chaos and all of this kind of stuff um, is um, whenever you are rested and you are restful, you are in a more creative and um, cognitively sound place which whenever we are looking towards um, building new structures or um, attending to those who might fall through the cracks as certain kinds of things disintegrate um, or other kinds of caretaking processes that are about more than just yourself, you want to be in that place of restful, thoughtful creativity instead of in a place of fear because fear and anxiety and worry are not good places to make good choices from that you're going to be happy with in the long term. They are places where you make choices that are immediately necessary for survival according to your fear brain.
1: I love that. I want to tie this in because I feel like this is like the neighbor next door with the rest is required. Um, mm-hmm. Is This is another powerful um, prompt. I'm calling them prompts. I don't even... I'm mm-hmm. not even... Saying like quote tile on Instagram. It's like, I feel like they're prompts. Oh my gosh. What if you created a journal with these prompts that you have?
0: That's a that's a pretty good idea. I'm in a witchy writer's coven <laughs> and uh, there are a couple of people who are making workbook workbooks of various kinds. Um, and it's something that I've thought about too. It's just, just like Yeah, because writing writing is magic. Journaling is magic. I mean,
1: I really have to say, I mean, I I like joke on here, like, I'm always right, so everybody should listen to me. Whatever. But I like (laughs) literally like the, the prompts that you have that you share are meant to be elaborated on, not just, you know, for whoever is seeing it. Like, I just, I think that... Like there's some, it's just very powerful. You're kind of like a poetic scientist vibe to me. Mm-hmm. So accurate, I, yeah. yeah. I feel like that's a really good description, poetic uh, mm-hmm. scientist. Um, I just, I feel like this wouldn't be like any other workbook journal. Like I think, like you totally have to do this. I think this is gonna be huge.
0: Okay. <laughs> I'll put it. I'll put it on my. Uh, I'll put it on my to do list for whatever But I'm after you've
1: rested. Yeah. mm Hmm. Yeah. Okay, so, because I'm going to go into this next one. I just think it's so good. I'm like, oh, this is so good. It's like, you know, like the hit line underneath a movie or something. Um, (laughs) Anger is a doorway, not a destination. I would love for you to elaborate on that. I'm very, um, and I'm going to just share a little bit of it because I think it'll connect back to my listeners. I've noticed um, with even my clients you know, uh, feeling shameful or like it's a waste of time when they get like angry about stuff. I'm like, no, this is the work. This is what it is. So um, can you talk about how is anger a doorway and how people can detach from the idea of like, you know, that it's not safe to allow themselves to get anger and to be angry?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So anger is an emotion that crops up whenever um whenever a boundary has been crossed in some way um it is also an emotion that can show us what we really give a shit about right which is another way of saying a boundary has been crossed right like something something that is important um is on the table and um for whatever reason if anger is the response That means that whatever it is that has been touched on is something that you want to protect. And we don't generally want to protect things that we don't love um, or that we don't have some kind of intense bond with, which love is an intense bond, but not all intense bonds are love, right? Um, And so whenever we get curious about our anger, whenever we're like, okay, this anger is important. Like it's, it's pointing towards something. And instead of trying to suppress it or immediately diffuse it, um, being like, okay, what are you, what is this saying about what matters to me? And why does that matter to me? And like asking why several times can get you to a place of comprehending a core something, right? Because maybe you're caring about something that you don't want to care about. And it's not a like, I don't want to care about that because it's inconvenient, but like, actually it's like a value that's been instilled in you that you don't, like once, once you see it, you don't want to carry it anymore. And now that anger has given you the key to releasing yourself from that. Or maybe it's tripping something that you've been pretending you don't care about for a while. And you realize that it's really close to your heart. It actually matters a fucking lot. And anger has given you the key to comprehending more deeply what truly matters to you. Um, and you know, part of part of the like, like the kind of pull quote or whatever the prompt, as you like to say, uh, of it's like anger isn't the destination, right? And I think a lot of people are afraid that if they let themselves feel and experience their anger they'll get stuck there and then they'll just be an angry horrible person um and that's you know kind of the other side uh which is some people run on anger and anger is a really um, corrosive fuel source it will destroy you over time it will destroy your relationships it will destroy your ability to enjoy being alive Um, So sitting there isn't great, but you have to be there long enough to get curious and to actually process through things with your anger.
1: It's interesting because as you're speaking, I'm getting all these pings back and forth between the other journal, future journal prompts, um, (laughs) about not caring about everything, right? So you talk about something I think is very relatable to listeners is, you know, okay, not getting stuck in anger, right? But why is it, okay, so this is interesting We don't, we, people can be fearful of getting stuck in anger But why is it when, when um, people are experiencing uh, collective sorrow You know, collective mourning That it feels more relatable That you give a shit about the world To stay in that vibration for many people of like Things are bad. Yeah, things are bad. Like, like I feel like people have no problem staying in that, you know, like a grief zone. A grief zone. So, how do you correlate grief and anger?
0: Yeah. So, anger is part of the processing of grief, right? Like the stages of grief involve getting really pissed about the fact that there's something to grieve. Um, But when you force yourself to stay in the grief, like just the sad part, the depressed part, (laughs) um, like because you don't want to experience the anger, then I don't know, there's like, there's an insufficient full grieving process. And I think part of that is because, um, in our culture, um, anger is coded as a masculine feeling and sorrow gets coded as a more feminine, like sensitive feeling. And so if you've been really well conditioned into a certain kind of um, gender performativity, then you're going to be more comfortable with experiencing certain emotions than other emotions, even if the emotions on the other side of the quote unquote polarity would actually be more healthy for you in terms of fully processing your experiences. And so I would say, you know, it is, it is more culturally acceptable for people who identify as women to be sad than it is for people who identify as
1: women to be angry. Oh, that's so good. I mean, I'm definitely someone who has no problem uh tapping into the sacred anger rage i Mm -hmm. call it you know aries sun mars and aries yep really fun time mars retrograde right now um but i definitely i you know i really like connect with the idea of anger as a doorway because for me i know like That's like the top layer of the sandwich. That's such a silly, but but like, you know, I'm like, okay, go in deeper, go in deeper, go in deeper, go in deeper. And I love something that's so important that you just shared, um, is why. So I think it's so, like, it's so funny. I just recorded a, like, solo episode last night at like midnight. I was, I I normally go to bed early. I'm like, oh, it's like midnight on the equinox. I must record. And now I have some weird British-ish accent. Um, But the asking why, it's so important, and I think what's really great, too, I'd love for you to touch on is um, the idea of just because we know our why doesn't mean that, that it is bad. So even if you're pulling back the layers of why, 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 and then there's, like, this central theme of, like, okay, this is why I get angry at this, this makes me sad, blah, blah, blah. I mean, just the awareness alone, I feel, is very healing within that versus like, oh, okay, that's my why and now I need to change it. How would you advise somebody to accept what their why is versus feeling shameful that they need to change it?
0: I would say that, um, I mean, one, it it sometimes kind of depends on the why, Um, but, you know, say your why is... um, Like, for example, like, why I get mad at um, the fact that we've had the technology to have, like, ridiculously high, um, like, mileage rates in cars since the 80s, and yet we don't. And that's something that gets me really angry. And I get angry about it because it's short-sighted greed that is devastating the earth, right? And I am never going to feel ashamed for wanting this earth to be cherished and nourished and wanting all of the species that live on this earth to be participating in, um, I don't know, making this an habitable place in some way. Um, Like, that's just not something I'm ever going to be ashamed about being mad about. But if you get to a why and you're just like, okay, so now I need to change this so I don't feel angry anymore. That is an opportunity to ask another why. Why do you want to never be angry? And then you get a whole exploration of like, why do you think that anger is a bad feeling that you shouldn't experience? what's your evidence that it's only ever bad? Do you have evidence of situations where anger has actually been extremely important to get good things happening?
1: It's so interesting when you're talking about, you know, collectively, it being acceptable for, you know, women to tap into sadness and men to tap into anger, right, that that's more masculine. I feel it's like the amount of this is just my opinion. The amount of collective support there is now for women to say, embody all parts of yourself, allow your anger, blah, blah, blah. I don't feel, this is just my personal opinion, that the conversation has been really expanding to include men in the process as far as like, hey, you can be sad too. I feel like. Okay, this is just. I'm just saying this in case I get like hater messages later. I just feel like as the as we're raising into the vibration of the matriarchy and divine feminine, I feel like we can't leave men behind in that process. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, just as much as we've been oppressed, they've been oppressed collectively in like what they're allowed to like experience vibrationally and emotionally. Um, so I just. I mean, that just like came through. I just. Because I'm seeing that a lot. It's like, you know, we're having these open conversations. Women are, you know, we're talking about it. But I don't know that enough discussion is happening for men to be included in the process to tap into their own emotions. It's more of like patriarchy. You're bad. You guys are angry. Men are tending to the asshole side. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, and I think part of that, like part of attending
0: to that is for people who, like, have been raised to be women and people who identify as women ongoingly. Um, Like, part of that process is acknowledging those things which um, get shoved into the masculinity bucket um, that are part and parcel of literally, literally all of us. Like, every single one of us has the entire spectrum of emotions and the entire spectrum of, like, potential gender experiences, latent within us. Um and I think one of the important processes that's happening now, especially with um, you know, like genderqueer and trans and non-binary people, like one of the beautiful things that um is being presented is this opportunity to be like, okay, so yeah, we can say like polarity is real, but can we divorce polarity from gender identities that have created categorical boxes that lead to these kinds of um, sort of cutting off of our full humanity, like our full access, our full spectrum of things. And it's kind of similar in like the process of anti-racism, like dismantling white supremacy requires white people to dismantle white supremacy. It can't only be the people who are oppressed by white supremacy doing the dismantling of white supremacy, because that's not how it works. Um, You know, within patriarchy, patriarchy is not dismantled by like, only (laughs) non-men, right? Like men have to be participants. And I think part of that process is like are there sufficient incentives for um for people who identify as men to dismantle aspects of their being in the world that grant them certain kinds of privileges even as it cuts them off from huge swaths of their own humanity
1: damn you're so good like this whole thing you just said for the last few minutes i was like I kept wanting to interrupt in between being like, oh, my God, that's so good. And that they're like, shut up, Diana. She let Diana talk.
0: <laughs> that was so
1: good. And I feel like I don't know if that's too long of a clip. That may be my highlight clip for the episode. I just love the parallels of connecting that all, you know, together, because I think, you know, um, I think that, that that was just, you know, like poetic scientist moment. You know, I just I really I thought that that's so good. And I think that's going to connect and relate to so many people to like really get an idea of how all of these things are interconnected. Right. So we're talking about white supremacy, you know, and human rights and talking about the patriarchy and like how it's all mirrored and interconnected. And, you know, um, I just I that was so good. Okay, so. Now I feel, I'm very sidebar, very satisfied with the flow of talking about your future journal prompts because they really do like feed into each other. And mm-hmm. so the last one that I say is very satisfying, like, I'm literally like, oh, my God, uh, cross it out. That's so good. Um, so the next future journal prompt by Diana Rose um, is uh, I love this power without love Is a tragedy. I cannot talk tragedy. Um, (laughs) Power with wisdom is love. Power without love is a tragedy. Power with wisdom is love. Ugh. And go. Yeah. So um, I
0: think this one was coming up. I think that one was related to um, Pluto-Jupiter conjunctions, of which there have been two already this year, and there's a third one coming up um yeah buckle up um but there's this thing that um happens whenever uh you are aware of the abuses and misuses of power um where there can be like a shorthanding of thinking that power itself is the problem but it's not power itself that it's a pro- that's a problem. Like power is a high accumulation of tools and capacity to influence. Um, and that high accumulation of like capacity to influence um, can go any direction depending on the integrity, wisdom, love, orientation, um, priorities, etc. of whoever or whatever is wielding that power. And whenever there isn't any love participating in how power is being used, that's where we get some of the worst abuses, some of the worst tragedies, some of the worst, like, I don't know, oppression structures. Um, You know, that's where we get even like domestic violence, for example. Right. That's a that's a power based thing that might have some love participating in it somewhere in there but when the power itself is wielded without actual love involved that's when tragedy strikes Um, but whenever we have love and wisdom merged together with power like that's that is what I would call sovereignty right and you know, sovereignty in this, like, non-political sense, like not talking about, you know, kings and queens of England or whatever, Um, you know, sovereignty is being aware of what is your responsibility, being aware of how you can be helpful to other people in attending to their responsibilities, um, not making other people responsible for things that they aren't responsible for, um, and... You know, spreading out the gifts that come with responsible use of power as well, um, and I think that's that's all like really, it's like it's a perpetually relevant thing to consider um, and to contemplate, particularly you know if you are trying to dismantle the ways in which um, in which you use power un unconsciously right or the ways in which you have more power than others um, and not because you tried but because of like systemic reasons Um, that's when it becomes useful to be like oh you can't let go of that power that's been given to you for systemic reasons but you can choose to wisely and lovingly use that power to the best of your ability for the benefit of of as many others as possible
1: What are you choosing right now?
0: What do you mean? What am I choosing?
1: Like, as far as, you know, I feel like we're in a time now where we get to choose what we want to be in alignment with. We get to choose, or I think even more so than ever, we're in a place of choice. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, maybe a better question is like, who are you becoming? Who are you choosing to be?
0: Oh, man, that's such a big question because I feel like I've been in kind of a cocoony place for a while. Um, and I also feel like my path pulls me more than I choose consistently. Um, so I guess part of that would be choosing to listen. Like I'm choosing, I'm choosing to heed (laughs) the call, so to speak, um, you know, choosing to relinquish fear around things like how much power is available to me, um, like how much I can potentially um, do for the greater good in this lifetime. Um, You know, I am, I'm also choosing to, how do I put this? choosing to embrace that which I've inherited and also to relinquish that which I've inherited. Um, you know one of the one of the projects for me this year um, and like ongoingly um, has been more deliberate ancestor work and part of that process is, Acknowledging and seeing the blessings that come through my lineages as I am able to access them, Um, as well as acknowledging and seeing and helping to process the burdens that come through those lineages as well, like the wounds, um, the hardships, that kind of thing. Um, So, you know, part of the choice is to acknowledge that I am... um, I'm a daughter many times over.
1: That's so beautiful. And I love everything you shared, I think is also a really grounded. Oh my gosh, a huge hummingbird just like flew up. Um, uh, Really great example. I'm loving to show examples to my listeners about 5D, like stepping into 5D and the, you know, like it's all the things. It's not just one thing. So for you to share like both like, tapping into the power and magic of your ancestors and also um, helping process the trauma of the... Like, that it's both. That it goes hand in hand. And I think that's super, super important for people to hear. And I really appreciate you sharing that through your experience. Um, Is there anything... I mean, obviously, this sounds like such a beautiful experience to be witness to during this time. Is there anything... During this pandemic, you know, we know all the, uh, you know, it's so funny. Now I'm getting series of unfortunate events. <laughs> um, literally that that show just popped through my head. But is there something that you secretly have liked about this time during the pandemic? Something that's been shown to you you're like, oh, okay, the this shit's going to, But I actually really like this part of it.
0: Yeah. Um, I really enjoy... Um like being at my house, <laughs> and I really enjoy not driving that much. <laughs> like um, I don't know, like driving. Driving is fine, but like I really like not having to do it. Um, even if like, and it's one of these funny things where it's like because the nature of my work is is what it is, and I've I was already building, like had already basically built a practice that was primarily remote, like primarily you know, on the, on the internet anyway, like that wasn't a big shift. Um, I do really love teaching in person, like doing workshops in person. Um, but I don't love driving to workshops. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know. I am a recent transplant here in Los Angeles. I've been here almost a year. Um, I was in, I, so primarily I lived in Chicago, but in 2000 and like eighteen nineteen I was, uh, what I like to call unleashed. Um, and I was traveling like nearly constantly. Like I did the math and I slept in 13 different States plus Montreal and like obviously traveled through a bunch of States in the,
1: in the meantime. <laughs> so, um. I don't know why I always thought, I always thought you come from the North. Like I always thought like. Um, like San Francisco area. I don't know why I made up that story.
0: No, no. I, I mean, I love the Olympic Peninsula. Like that's one of my favorite places in the entire world. I mean, I haven't been to the entire world, but of the places that I've been, which is quite a few, I love the Olympic Peninsula so much. Um, but no, I'm, I'm a
1: Midwesterner. (laughs) Um, it's so funny. I I love that. It's so funny. So people meet me and they'll like assume I'm from the Midwest and I'm like, no, I was raised in the Caribbean. I'm from St. Thomas. Like, you know, I'm like, I know I talk like a white lady from the Midwest, but I'm not from there.
0: Yeah. I mean, and like, it seems like Midwest accent is kind of like no accent in a way.
1: Yeah, I know, but if I but I'm also like not what I mean. Don't get me wrong. Growing up, I had plenty of white or white passing friends who would speak with a West Indian accent, mm-hmm. but that's not really how you talk. But yeah. I actually have to call myself out on this because I copy people's accents, not on a co- like like one of my good friends. She's Colombian. English is like her third language. If I spend a weekend with her, I literally speak as if I'm searching for the words in English. Yeah, it's, it's, it's mirror
0: neurons, right? Mirror neurons. It's like when you're reflecting, you're reflecting back the person that you're communicating with.
1: It's, it's so funny. Um, but I love this so much. Okay. So last question, what is something that you're super excited about or what is lighting you up right now?
0: Oh man, I honestly, this is going to be like a really boring answer. Um, but I recently got a really good blender. (laughs) Um, I've, yeah, I recently got a really good blender and I've been using it literally every day. Are you Vitamixing
1: like everything?
0: It's a Blendtec, not a Vitamix. Oh, look at that.
1: You guys should sponsor her.
0: Which like, you know, for the record, Blendtecs are, um, they're less expensive generally than Vitamixes, but they like are really powerful too. Um, so if you want whatever anyway my blender is making me so happy I like don't even know how to talk about it but it just it is a joy it can do raw beets it can blend raw beets and like you can make juice with it but it's like not real juice it's like you blend it and then you put it through a nut
1: milk bag oh so do you make your own juice daily I, I, okay, something I'm a super geek about is I love morning rituals. Okay, so, like, what's your, like, go-to – do you do a juice in the morning? Are you, like, a smoothie bowl person?
0: It depends on the day um, because I've been resting. I've been really gentle with myself around, um, like, requiring myself to get up at a certain time or to have a particular routine. It's been a lot more just, like, softness and listening. Um But some days it'll be like a green juice with like, you know, celery and parsley and like pear and lemon and I don't know, whatever, like fennel. Like I've really liked putting like fresh fennel um, in like green juices. And some days it'll be a smoothie um, that's more robust
1: gosh as you're talking thinking. i'm just getting they're like she's an elemental like you're like so like <laughs> <laughs> they're showing like woodland fairy tree folk yeah
0: i'm just like like my like
1: little woodland concoctions
0: like if i'm feeling real fancy i'll like make my smoothie and then i'll like I won't quite go to smoothie bowl status because I like drinking my smoothies versus spooning my smoothies, right? Um, but, you know, I'll, like, decorate it with, like, chia seeds and, like, hemp seeds and, like, you know, maybe, like, a little bit of beet pollen or something and it's, like, real pretty. I never take photos of them, though. That's No, all right. I was, <laughs> like,
1: I'm, like, you're, like, is this in alignment with my powerful journal props? <laughs> have this and have your chia seed goji berry smoothie drink bowl. Oh, thanks for reminding me I have goji berries in the back of the pantry. Oh, yeah. They, like, want to be seen. They're like, show throw a little colorfulness on me. Um, well, I just want to take a second and honor you for your deep wisdom and for your presence and for your, I mean, literally before we spoke, I was, like, very much getting, like, you know, I was channeling about this conversation and it was just, like, you know, like, you're a wise woman. Like, you're literally a wise woman embodied in the maiden. Like, <laughs> I'm old <laughs> you're like oh, girl, I've been here for, oh, I'm so old um, but so much wisdom and I just really appreciate the work you're doing what is the best way people can stay in contact with you where can people find you you know um, cause, and can you talk a little bit about all the different healing modalities you touch on yeah thank you thank you and thank you
0: so much for having me on the podcast Diana isn't so it fun to say your the... own name <laughs>
1: diana diana you're great
0: thank you so are you diana is the best diana's the best yeah no it's like we don't even need like honestly we could probably just like start calling each other and be like diana you're so wonderful if we don't feel like doing any like standing in front of the mirror yeah
1: diana you are really amazing you are one
0: of a kind one of one of a kind two of a name one of a kind. Um. Anyway, the best place for people to follow me at this point is actually probably Patreon. Um, And that's in large part because I'm just spending less and less time on social media. Um, But I am also on Instagram. I Sometimes I'm on Twitter, more for like Astro Twitter community than like anything else. Um, And then I also have a website. You can sign up for my newsletter. At all of those places, like the key thing to keep in mind is Damashena. Um, Which is my handle, slash, it's like my slash, it's my dot com, whatever. And that is, uh, I know it'll be in the show notes, but I'll just spell it out for listeners right now. Um, It is spelled D D A M A S C E N A A. And
1: that's for
0: the Patreon as well? Yeah, and Patreon. Patreon.com slash Damashena. Um, would be how you would find me there. And especially if people want to work with me, um, joining me on Patreon is one of the best things that you can do, because at this point, I um, I get booked out really quickly. Like, I've been booked out through October since the beginning of, like, the end of July, beginning of August or something. Um, and before that, I was booked out through August since, like, June. Um, so... If you want to work with me, those are the place. like, joining Patreon is the best way to know when I add space to my calendar and to get first dibs.
1: And also um, to get to work with you with continued galactic wisdom, Fae Woodland mm-hmm. support, downloads <laughs> of your journal props.
0: Yes, there are things that I share on Patreon that don't make it to other places. So um, if you want to learn about tarot, you want to learn about astrology.
1: Typically, wanna... is there anything, because you cover so many different healing modalities, is there one that you're you feel most connected to? Oh, that's like
0: picking a favorite child. Okay, well, then we can leave it. Yeah, I mean, like, it it's totally, it totally depends. Um, I mean, astrology is what I do the most of, um, like, by a long shot, for sure. Um, but I love all of my babies, right? And so, you know, with astrology, like, I can, I do um, natal chart readings, like, especially if you've, either never had your chart read or it's the first time that you're sitting with me, that's a good option. Um, I do year ahead readings. Um, I also have a couple of like short readings available. One of them is just looking at the very basic bones of your chart. I call it the bones only. I also have one called Work Your Angles, which is really fun because it involves Pinterest boards and it's like Designed to help you show up for your work in the world in the way that your chart would have you dress, essentially.
1: What? Um, That sounds amazing.
0: It's It's so much fun. It's so much fun. Oh my gosh, I I totally want to do this.
1: I am such, I love, love, love astrology. Not saying that in the sense of like, I'm going to try, I mean, I try to analyze myself, but I really appreciate the different translations of different astrologers like I really feel like it's okay the the thing that's coming to mind it's like a a different chef like a chef making a meal it's like how is the chef gonna make the meal so it's like I have like several I I I really want to do that session with you I think that sounds so fun and unique and different so okay so say so so it's like work your angle so it's working like it's looking at the ascendant and the
0: midheaven specifically um, along with any planets associated with those two points, plus your actual preferences. Like you, this it's a it's a consult where you have to do homework before the consult.
1: Oh my gosh, I love this. I know. Um, uh, okay, my cat's going crazy right now. She's like very excited. Um, <laughs> like literally, they mirror all my emotions. I got excited. She's like, ah! she's like, her moon's in Cancer on her midheaven. Ah! <laughs> Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh that's so exciting I have to check that out Well thank you so so much for being on I so appreciate your time and energy And wisdom you have so much wisdom Like I just can't wait for your Series of journals for people to take out In nature <laughs> and call in The fae woodland folk um, I, I'm just getting that energy Like all like the woodland creatures are like Diana we're here And that's actually very connected With goddess Diana Yeah of the woodland of the woodland i mean i have
0: i have like stories about the woods like i got stories but yes (laughs) i'll save them for another time
1: yes i love it thank you thank you so so much you guys follow her on patreon we'll do the links in the show notes book a reading book a session with her and you know make sure to follow her on all her different social media channels so you can be up to date on all this amazing wisdom that she is sharing that it will you know activate you and your next move and also support you in moving forward in building the new world and really connecting to what you care about most so thank you thank you so so much thank you have a wonderful one hey everybody i hope you enjoyed this episode Please give us a follow on Instagram at Diana Zalucky and also at D Messina. I'm totally botching that up. Please look in the show notes for the correct, uh, you know, exact spelling of that. Um, and let us know what your favorite takeaway was. And also, please, 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 please make sure to vote. Vote, 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 vote. Encourage everybody know to vote. We have to vote the assholes out. Please, please, please vote, 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 vote. Vote, 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 Make sure to vote. Vote, 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 vote. All right, love you guys. Cheers.